please stay standing with me because I just want to follow. I want to just thank you for being a congregation, a community that's willing to wait because you know how precious that is. So to wait and worship to, because as we've told Jesus how beautiful he is, he wants to speak back into that today. That has to be our expectation. And I really just want to build on what um, Jane brought from the Spirit of God today. We're the city of God and the city of gold. And I want to just prophesy today just that that needs to become a reality in the Spirit economically in this community. God wants to actually come against the hopelessness, the despair, the poverty, economic crisis and ruin, and because the redemptive purpose of this city is to be that, the city of gold. Isn't that incredible? And it hasn't changed. And I was saying this morning, you know, South Africa has prophecies that we are called to be a breadbasket to the nation, and we're seeing the opposite in effect because of the enemy's demonic strategies to ruin and destroy. But I want to call you as a church today to stand in the gap for that in this city and be a repellent against that. And we're going to start today by praying over Marketplace. And we're going to pray over you in business, so you who just, and, and those of you facing every day the, the taunts of the enemy, that this is hopeless and I feel like I'm going under. Is there anybody in this place who might have faced that in this season? Just see, you know, it's just, you just don't know where it's coming from. Amen. Thank you for being honest today. And, and so I just want to pray right now before I go into the Word, because um, I think it's going to become a strength within this community. It's going to become a strength and a, uh, as you're willing to wait and hear what God's saying, I'm telling you, that's what He's saying to this city today. You are a city of gold. That's how I see it. That is your redemptive purpose. And every strategy of the enemy to rob that has to bow its knee. And we know that's not going to just happen overnight because God needs to raise up a standard in his church against that. And just the agreement today and the prophetic um, unity that we have and the way that you stand in your life in this time. Amen. So I'm going to pray and I just want to I, I just wanted Grant to come and pray over this today. Um, come, Grant. He's looking at me, me. And I just want to, Father, I just thank you for this man of God. I thank you that, God, years and years of stewardship, Lord God, financially have brought him to this place today where you want to just release, Father, such an apostolic strength in this area. And I thank you that he would just be a voice of wisdom and a rock and this, and I thank you today that you just place something new on him, new eyes to see, that you would establish such strength within this congregation. And I thank you that as you raise up marketplace leaders, that as you raise up those who would entrepreneurs, that Lord God, that families that would just make it every month because of the glory of God within their lives, that where the bank balances says something else, that you actually bring miracles and divine provision into the families of this church. And so, Father, as I just lay my hands on him now, Father, I ask you that he would see clearly that which you've established in him over many years, Lord God. Father, a godly man, a man of worship, a man of wisdom. Father, a Daniel in this society now. And so, Father, I thank you that as he prays even right now that you would release provision over this congregation and that, Father, that you would raise it up.
Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you this morning for the absolute privilege as a family, Lord God, to stand together in unity at this time, this appointed time, Lord God, for us to shine, Lord, to shine your goodness, to shine your provision, to shine, Lord, everything of your abundance and who you are. You're not just a God of enough. You're a God of more than enough, Lord. So we just pray over our businesses. We pray over every single person here, Lord. We thank you, Father, that as we are coming into line, Lord God, as worshipers with one heart, one mind, one vision, Lord, as we come into unity, Lord God, as we come into your place, Lord God, as we make you the center, Lord, of our lives, as you become the government of our lives and of our heart, Lord. I thank you for your government that comes upon our businesses in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for a release of prosperity and wealth like never seen before, Lord. I thank you for a release, Lord God, of ideas, of wisdom, Lord God. I thank you, Father, as we align with the fear of the Lord, as we align, Lord God, our hearts and lives to that which you are releasing right now. I thank you, Father, that you are giving and releasing way above and beyond the more than enough, Lord God. I thank you that we're going to see, Lord, the overflow of the abundance of God begin to flow. Rivers of living water, rivers of life, rivers of finance beginning to be released over every single family in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you, Father, not only to bless us, Lord, but to bless others and to bless the nation. I thank you, Father, this would be a beacon and a city on a hill that would be a, a, a people, Lord God, that understand and know how to shepherd, they know how to steward the finances of God, Lord. That, that Lord, this would be a place of a freedom, and a liberty, Lord God. And I just take authority this morning, Lord God, of every single weapon of the enemy, Lord. No weapon formed against us can prosper. Every single business, Lord God, that's come under attack, that's tried, that where the enemy has tried to stop the flow of God, to block the flow of God, I thank you now, Lord God, that we just remove those obstacles in the name of Jesus, and we release the life of God and the flow of finances. And every business, Lord, we declare, we speak over it. You be prosperous. You increase. You be fruitful. You multiply in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, this morning for such an increase of finances and of blessing over this house and over every single business and every family in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's thank Him for that today. Let's really thank Him for that today, because as we just rise up now, God, thank You that You release it today, that You smash anxiety, You smash, God, depression, You smash hopelessness, You smash poverty, Lord God, in this city, and I thank You that over... 24 Global, that you would raise up the city of our God to be established with the riches of your wealth, that you would pour in the wealth of the sinners, Lord God. We just call it in today, and I thank you that that would be a mark over this city, God, that, Father, that as you sent, that you would be planting and you would be pouring in that which is needed for home base today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, courts. Give this little girl a clap today. Yeah, so I want to just keep on with what God, we've had a beautiful time together, and I just want to thank you for receiving me with, uh, with such um, honor, and thank you, um, Connor, just for your kind words today, and my friend, Jane. Uh, there's also, I have another dear friend in the congregation today, Ian van der Merwe, who's, who's been friends as long as, and has um, son Nathan. But I want to just get into the Word today and just, God wants to 
It's like a heavenly attachment and establishment I think he wants to do in your lives as a church today. There's just so much possibility, endless possibilities. And I think God wants us to begin to see the corporate gathering with new, fresh eyes. He really does. And he's smashing this. And, and I just want to come alongside the leadership here because often we see God begin, we, we change things up. We might do the announcements before worship and we think, gosh, you know, but we st we're starting to see God take down some of the ways that man has built for years and not even questioned and establish something that makes it easier for a platform for Jesus. And that is what the church is for in community. And we are called to be the gateway of heaven. You know, when, uh, you know, when um, there was that wrestling with Jacob and he said, this is the gateway of heaven. And that's what this community is called to be. And we have to begin to see with spiritual eyes that this is a gateway of heaven and not just underplay that in our minds, that we have to attach ourselves as business people. And that's really on my heart today. I just really have a strong thing over marketplace because I think you're going to see a flourishing in that area. You're going to see uh, a missionary spirit released. And you look at, you know, I think of Grant going back in years of faithfulness and stewardship. If you've got questions, ask him. If you've got questions about God's economy and how he deals with finance, start building that way now in kingdom knowledge, and he will cause you to rise, even young, so that when God, when there is a need to send, it will be there. And this is the same all over, you know, you know we're seeing it down in Durban. It's taking us years to just take, deconstruct some of the things that would stand in the way of kingdom, but it, just be patient as a congregation and a community because what you have is so precious and beautiful. And the things that are being taught right now on the priesthood and um, that our occupation is the face of God are not just clever lines. This is God's kingdom. So we have to be willing to be able to hear some things outside our religious perspective that has been built over years. Some of us have been in the church, and I'm finding myself even in this season just being willing. As I've come in here this weekend, I've just soaked in that. God, what am I doing that can be cut off or just literally circumcised off my heart? What are the, some of the things that we do even in our programs that can give way to more time with you? So I want to encourage you today that God wants to attach you into this community and to release life. Are you up for that? To release life beyond, you know, you are this, this um, and, and I'm just prophesying just over the purpose of the church today because you have such a precious thing that has been built foundationally, and God is taking you in a direction that I believe will influence the nations. But, uh, but God wants to establish something down into the roots today over your life to become a living stone. Are you with me? So, um, Father, help me with my words today to be few, but to be filled with you. God, I love this church, and I love this family, and I love, Lord God, what you're doing. But I ask you to literally, Lord, I pray for those that have been coming along and just, Lord, hanging in there because they know they want to be in your presence, but haven't clearly seen your purpose for them as a living stone that today you would engraft them in to this vine, Lord God, that you would do something deep and that Holy Spirit, you would do it. 
and that families would prosper and flourish in this church, that families and generationally would prosper and flourish in this church. Lord God, grandfathers, grandmothers, moms and dads, their kids and their grandchildren, I thank you that you would build, Lord God, a multi-generational legacy out of this, this house, this community that would be strong and deep in this community in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that today I just want to take authority Lord God, as I stand in the gap for you people, that over every just spiritual fog, Father, over anything that would have kept people in hopelessness or despair or lack of vision, and that you would take that down today in Jesus' name in your presence, and you would bring clarity today to even, Lord God, the tiniest child about the purpose of God, to, Lord God, a business person who's facing, as I sense, Lord God, things that are really high mountains and obstacles, that you would come through with godly strategies and solutions. As we tell you, you're beautiful, Jesus, you want to speak back into that today, and you want to say thank you, and I'm giving you a strategy here to do this in Jesus' name. And just take that today, that word, and that's what he wants to do. Amen? So um, the primary purpose of Corporate worship and the gathering is for believers to meet with God. And, you know, that's become many different things in the church. If you look at church, I know in my life, just growing up um, in the church, it becomes, you know, we, we know that we want community, we want fellowship. But what God is saying over the body of Christ right now is your primary purpose is for the corporate gathering is to meet with me. Because the church, is, as we go into the end times, is, is facing obstacles and demonic philosophies and arguments that are so strong that unless you commit yourself to, yes, your personal walk with God that you've been taught about so well, your personal discipleship, unless we commit to what God has said, the worship of the worshiping congregation and the corporate thing, you're going to need that breath of air every week. Do you know that? You're going to need that in your groups. You're going to need that in prayer so that there is spiritual clarity in your walk in the days to come. And, and I can't emphasize that enough. And this is not a time to withdraw, but it's to latch in and to literally say, God, I'm receiving the clarity that I need. I'm going to get into church if you're there and you want me to meet with you, and, and to really come with that heart, God, I'm going to meet with you today. Whether I'm a parent facing things, whether I'm a business person, you know, this city is facing many things um, and onslaughts and obstacles. And it's amazing how South Africa has, you can see there are different strategies of the enemy and, and demonic strongholds over years. Whether it be apartheid that was demolished, I believe, even by the prayers of the church and, and what God has done. But we are facing new enemies. And God wants to say to you, do, how are you going to deal with that? And it's going to be simply in the Word of God, in fellowship, in the congregation of the believers. He's going to give you strategy. Like today, he said, this is a city of God. So, yes, you're part of the city, but you're part of a greater architecture the city of God. That's remarkable. And it has real structure in the spirit, which is not man-made, and it has a real ability to rise above what the enemy is saying to this city and to establish you above that in victory. 
if you latch into that. Isn't that exciting? And we have the choice. Connor said it Friday. We can, Jesus is, he, we have told him he's beautiful today. And he is not a God who does not respond to your love. So every single one of you today says, you've, t- you've worshipped me, well done guys, by the way, to the highest point. So now I'm going to speak back into you my strategy for this season for you. Can you believe for that today? If you're a parent, how am I going to raise this kid to carry that multi-generational blessing that is in this house? How am I going to raise this child in these days of, of literal, of onslaught to be pure, to, to carry the calling of God? And so I want to really just emphasize today that so we know man-made structures are being challenged. Have you noticed the church? It's actually sad. But it's, it's God. He's shifting. Have you noticed across the earth, it's just like the church becomes a dirty word in some circles. But God is not moved by that. So, but coming from the just list out there where people have been hidden, that remnant is rising. This purity, this worship, and God is going to shift that. So, um, so the first and primary role of the church, and I want to just keep saying this, is to worship God. And your leaders have been bringing that in. And that's not something to be negotiated with. You know, you know David built a nation, the nation of Israel. And scholars say there has never been the protection, the provision, or the presence of any nation since. And why? Because worship was central. So when David called 24-hour worship, yes, he had the Levites and the priests that were set apart for that, the musicians like you have, but that wasn't the full equation. The congregation was part of it. So there is a, there, that is part of the corporate, you know, when it said they, the glory of God would come down so they couldn't stand to minister, that wasn't just ethereal. That affected the health of the nation. So it affected their protection because remember, he would just take out the enemies. And it affected, it, the coffers were literally full in the tabernacle. The gold, the, you talk about a city of gold. And all of these things came because when they said, listen, you guys, you generals, you marketplace guys, you farmers, you husbands, you wives, those days they even brought the cattle in. And they, when they said, stop and worship God, he is central to the workings of this nation, he meant it. Because he was seeing a pattern of what God would do in heaven. He was seeing a pattern prophetically of how it was in heaven. So the elders throw down their crowns in heaven. There's nobody in heaven. It says the heavenly Sanhedrin, they throw down their crowns of position and they say, worthy is the lamb, holy is the lamb. So there's no position in heaven or hierarchy. And he actually brings this point through by saying they, they throw down their crowns of heavenly leadership, the elders in heaven, and they say, worthy, holy is the Lord, because there's more to come as we see him. And I want to speak that over your life today. I'm not even going to say prophesy, because sometimes we just even, we shut down when we hear that. But we're speaking today the oracles of God over your lives, every single person in this room, as we throw down our crowns of worship, there is more. As they cried, holy, holy, like we've done today, there is more wisdom, there is more blessing, 
There is more wealth. There is more dominion. All of those things, the attributes that they cry around the throne, blessing, honor, glory, power, strength, dominion. Would you like more of that today in your life? Blessing and honor and glory and power and dominion, strength, and all of the, he says, wealth in that. And in the Greek, that wealth means wealth because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And we speak over you today, Johannesburg, you will not go down to the, just the, the clutches of the enemy when it comes to the wealth of the sinners laid up for the just in this nation. Amen? So, living stones. So, let that be, study David, how he did things. It was not just for musicians. The Davidic anointing is not just for the Levitical musicians that were set apart there. It was for every person that administrated that kingdom. From finance, you know, it says, if you study David, it says that he actually, he had an anointing for policy and administration that he released. I find that amazing. I love that. So in the presence of God, they were able to administer the kingdom with absolute excellence. There were schedules, there were rosters, there were the musicians, you've heard, 4,288 4, musicians, singers, all on, you know, please God, send that many to us, because we're, we're all just carrying the, you know, if you notice that, um, that's one, and that's just, just by the way, just little, you know, if you look at how teams have fallen away, it's because there is great pressure against that front line of worship. There is pressure to not be faithful, to Oh, let's just take a break. COVID did some damage with that because you see a withdrawal, but it's time to call the troops back. It's that shofar blow in the spirit. Get yourself back to the front line. Get yourself back into church. It's time for God to manifest something in the church like he's doing today that will do something. So we are living stones and um, that make up a spiritual house. And I want you to think about that today. We are living stones that make up a spiritual house. So that means you as a stone, I want you to see yourself as not even a brick because it's a stone God has formed, as set into a wall, into a temple. And I know Connor has, you guys have been ministering extensively into that, but don't shut down because there is an accountability on you today to be a living stone. Do you know that? There's an accountability. So you know, I don't even, I mean, we haven't talked much other than we follow many of the same people, but it's the same as happening in Durban. And, you know, I do travel, so you do see the same voices coming out, calling every person in the worshiping congregation to be glued in. Because we can't do it without you. The edifice will not rise without your, without your glue coming into the wall, without your strength, without your unity, without your agreement, without your gift. And I know, 24 Global, that God wants to release shepherd's hearts in this place so that as he just releases the, uh, you know, an apostolic team where we have fivefold ministry, you know, apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, this is God's pattern. He strengthens the house with eldership. He strengthens it with deacons who can look after even 10 people. He strengthens hospitality. He strengthens his body so nothing is lacking in Jesus' name. He does it today, and guess what? He wants you to be part of that. You might be a creative.
that's great. But you might, it, the creative power of God can go into your hospitality and the way that you shepherd people. And he wants to release that next level over this congregation. Are you ready? He wants to do it. And you will be surprised at what comes out of you. In fact, we have, you know, just, just as a church ourselves, we have seven churches and, um, and actually sort of a couple of churches in the north of Africa that, um, that we do disciple. But the thing that we've seen now is God is setting things in place with ministry to God, with apostolic teams, but also to strengthen our congregations because we can't just all go off and live the people, you know, who are actually occupying here. You are occupying Joburg today with the kingdom. And so we're seeing him release another level of eldership and people who could be deacons and just take care. They don't have to even get nervous. What can I do? They just, because they have that fruit in their life, they've already shown themselves discipling people. They've shown themselves loving God's people, releasing that next level down over them to take care of the flock. And I'd speak that over you today that that would start to manifest. So don't say no today, okay? Don't say no to God. So Peter, Peter says that we are living stones, and you know, we're like Lego blocks. We unlock our purpose as a priesthood when we're assembled together. Okay, isn't that beautiful? So we're, we're like Lego blocks that are assembled together to offer acceptable spiritual sacrifices. And that is important too, offer spiritual acceptable spiritual sacrifices. What does that mean to you today if you're a business person? Or what does that mean to you as a mother today? What does it mean to you, for you to offer your life into the kingdom of God today? Because there's something more on you. That's what. And capacity will increase as you come in here week after week. Do you know that your capacity to, can increase to do more than what you think you can do? I'm a, I've got the t-shirt. You know, we we, God wants to supernaturally increase your capacity. So 1 Peter 2 verse 9, and Connor already read it as we were in there, but I want to just give you some scripture today because we can't build a city just by words. It has to be the word of God. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, you are, listen to this because I'm speaking over you, are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He's called you out of darkness that that's important. He's called you out of darkness. And to experience his marvelous light, now he claims you as his very own, 24 Global. He claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would what? Broadcast, it says in the Passion, his glorious wonders throughout the world. And I know that this church is called to broadcast. And broadcast literally means to transmit. So as we, we went up today to the the big transmitter in the sky. <laughs> but listen, it is absolutely useless if we're not transmitting what we've just seen. We broadcast his wonders. Broadcast. Think of TV. Think of all of that stuff. Even your media is broadcasting something that is of God. But you are called to broadcast something through your life. And it means to transmit, pass from one person to another, and you have been called as a priest to transmit and carry the presence into your life. You know, and this, you're going to hear this over and over again. And you might say, if I hear that word again, 
Well, this is what God does when he starts to dismantle wrong teaching. So we think priesthood, priesthood, priesthood. I am a priest. So I am a carrier. I stand in the gap between heaven and earth. I am an intercessor. I can actually bring what I can to my school, to what I'm doing. I am standing in the gap, ministering to God. He's setting me apart for a particular purpose. Amen? And, and to raise life. So we've been called to transmit to territories and to over our lives. And um, that doesn't, that's not just going to be, you know, we, our eyes are on the Middle East right now. And you're going to hear a lot about it because we're in, I'd say, the end times. Would any, you know, like we don't know the day or the hour, but we certainly know the season. So you're going to hear about that. So don't pull back within you. Get into it. Study it. Study what God says. Put your faith to it. And even if you can't go, but you can send, like you said last night, get behind it. Raise your kids with an understanding and a theology of what God is saying to the Middle East. Get excited that this is not just some haphazard, nebulous thing that we are serving. God has a plan. It's, it's happening in the Middle East. I've just been there. Remarkable things. Those guys in the Middle East, are they're waiting with expectation for Jesus to come. <clears throat> they're not just throwing in church on Sunday. They're living a kingdom life. They're broadcasting his glory. Even when they can't speak it out loud, they have to, it's whatever, they have to go underground. But we, we have to understand that God is raising up congregations in the West to intercede and to to, to stand in the gap for what he's doing. Whether it be provision, whether it be just because these guys are going all the way in worship, maybe it is some teaching. Maybe it is some fivefold gifting. The apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher to bring some godly structure into what they do to build what God is doing in the end. But we have to see our place together as family. And I really encourage you to get on board. Just study the word of God. Don't, you know, don't have no understanding. Say, that's great. These guys are going. Just get understanding and believe that God will do something in you in intercession, even in your life, whether it be financial, whether it be intercession, whether it be just looking after families when people go. Let's get into it together. And so we know that, I know you've probably heard this scripture, and I want to speak it over you again, Acts 13, 1 to 2, but I want to read it to you here. We know that um, God was building a model in Antioch, and you guys have you've heard about that, but I want to just point out something here um, because I really am carrying today, since I got here, just those of you who are in marketplace. And we see here that he he calls, he names these guys who were the, the team oversighting this Antioch model, Barnabas, Simeon from Niger. And this just blows my mind because this guy, this um, is from the north of Africa, hello, you know, there's just these connections here, this black man who was this powerful prophet whose sons went on to influence the early church, Lucius the Libyan, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but Manian, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas. Now, he'd been raised in, in um, marketplace and government, so there was something on him in that area, and then Saul. And while they were worshiping, and I want to speak this over your life today and bring you into that, as priests before the Lord in prayer and fasting, 
the Holy Spirit said, I have called Barnabas and Saul to do an important work for me. And I want to speak that over you today. Because in this atmosphere today, God, he comes back and he says, he actually identifies and he says, I've called you to do an important work for me. Would you receive that today? So it's not just the leadership, which is obvious in this, this community. But he, he, in this atmosphere of ministering to God, and, and I'm, I know that you've, you've studied this um, and will continue to do so. He says, release him to go and fulfill it. And that's what we want to speak over you today. Release you to go and fulfill the important work that God's called you to do. Would you actually just lift your hand if you receive that today? Because at this thing is moving. When we say corporate, we mean corporate. It's not this level. That's, that's being done to, to where we think, you know, what is, it's going down now. <laughs> it's coming down. Thank you. You can put down your hand, but not your heart. So we cannot have a synagogue mentality where we come in on Sundays, teach me, serve me. Now, there are times we know we have needs. There's never been a season like this where people just need to be hugged. They need their anxiety. Be, the, the, the Holy Spirit, who is not afraid of anxiety, to come in and to heal. He's not afraid. God is not afraid of the, of the torments of the enemy that would say you're going under in, the, in South Africa. He's just not affected by it. But unless we come in and we immerse ourselves in kingdom, we can't. Actually, so we have to have a shift in our mentality, and that will shift the atmospheres of our life. Because as much as this city has an atmosphere, you have atmospheres over your mind now that need some help. We all do. I'm not afraid to say there are things that have been established in me through religion since I was a little girl with parents in the ministry, or parents who were divorced, or the brokenness of what I've seen and experienced in the church. I am not afraid to say, God, I need some atmosphere shift in my mentality, because I want to make room for you to fill that in wholeness. Amen? So whatever brokenness we are, just get it out in this atmosphere. You've got Jesus in the midst. He's not shocked. He's not shocked by anything. Thank God for that. And he's not overwhelmed by your situation. <laughs> so, you know, in Ephesians 2, it says, it wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of the world. Obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm. That's pretty serious. So he's saying that if we live in the religion, the customs and values of this world, there is a certain allegiance to the dark ruler. Uh, that scares the literal hell out of me, if I'm allowed to say that, because I don't want to be in that. So he fills the atmosphere with his authority. He's actually talking about Satan here. He's not even talking about God. He says, you once lived in that obeying the dark rule of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. Do you see the opposite here? That's what the enemy is trying to do in this city, in this nation. There is a dark realm. He is the prince of the power of the air. We know that was a legal authority that he took when Adam and Eve fell. But we serve the God who has the authority to take back those atmospheres. And that doesn't happen just overnight. It happens with you doing your part as a living stone. I'm excited about this. I don't know about you. but So we can come under the atmosphere of the prince of the power of the air just with our thoughts and being tormented or just the accusations of the enemy. 
even for our nation right now. You know, I was in Israel now, and I, I really had to get my mind in a grip because coming out, sometimes you realize you go into situations of persecution and suffering, and you realize how bad what's going on in your nation. And I'm actually an Aussie living here, but married to this land. But you realize what this nation is facing in the enemy's strategy. And unless there is a priesthood who will rise up and say, not on our watch, not on our watch, but there is something that we are going to shift in an atmosphere here, even if there's a few of us, one puts a thousand, two puts 10,000, you know, do the maths and faith. So thank you, God. And, and this is not a hype session because this is why we read the word, because it establishes in us the authority to speak this. Because we can talk, we can talk authority and whatever. We have no authority if we are not building into the theology of that authority and, and the way that God wants it done. So we know that the invisible, and this is important, and I think I'm just going to take a minute out because it'll be important to what God does. You know, when it says the air in Ephesians 2, it refers to the invisible realm above the earth where Satan and his demons move and exist. And we see them manifest their filthy works over people who are suffering in this life and nations and poverty and perversion. And so when Paul says in Ephesians 6, 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, listen to this for Johannesburg, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So that's, actual, that's actually a locality. And so we don't want to be any part of that. I don't want to be any part of that dark locality with my giving allegiance to it, giving, even being passive about it. Can I say that today? We can't be a passive about this right now because the end of times has come where this war and this invisible realm is now manifesting to the final fight, countdown. And guess who won? He already did it. And you're his. Amen? So I love this in John 12, just putting the word into you today. This is Jesus, and he actually, this is so remarkable. God actually just was showing me how this connected with our high praise the other day, but it's Jesus. He says, Father, bring glory to your name, John 12, 31. Then suddenly a booming voice was heard from the sky. I have glorified my name, and I will glorify it through you again. Do you get that? This is like, it's, it's quite incredible. From the sky, Jesus is standing in the earth, and God's, and he says, I, suddenly booming voice comes and says, I have glorified my name and I'll glorify it through you again. And I really feel this is a word for the church right now. And it's booming from the sky with high praise, the highest praise. He's saying, I'm going to glorify my name through you again. And he says, the audible voice of God startled the crowd standing nearby. I mean, just, we just wish we could have that sometimes, hey? Just that voice. Because you think, why don't you just make it easy, God, and just do it? But we are that voice. That's why. Because he said, I gave you authority. You know, it all just keeps coming back to the worshiper. And he says, <coughs> As some thought it was thunder, yet others said an angel just spoke to him. And Jesus told them, the voice you heard was not for my benefit, but for yours, to help you believe. From this moment on, everything in this world is about to change. We prophesy that today. For the ruler of this dark world will be overthrown. Do you come into agreement with that? 
and I will do this when I am lifted up off the ground. Now, he spoke of the, the cross, says, so when I'm lifted up, I will draw all men to me. But that was, that resurrection life was released in you and I. He said, when I'm lifted up off the ground, because we're talking about an actual atmosphere here of, of air, of stratosphere. And he says, when I draw the hearts of people to gather them to me. And so God is, he's saying, I'm releasing something into atmospheres in these last days that is heavenly, it is kingdom, and it's possible through your life. And so I want to give you three things today that to help you connect in with this. And then we're going to pray. And the first is the king's face. And we've, we've heard this right through. I'm talking about, you know, we wrote a song recently, The King is in the Room. And I didn't realize how significant that would be for us in this season because we just say things so glibly in church often. The Christianese, the king is in this room. And actually, if you really got a revelation of that, you'll be on your face. You'll be doing what we did today, praising him. So I want to talk about three things today for every person in this room. The king's face, the king in the room, and the king's rule. Okay. So I want to give you two scriptures today. Psalm 73, we're talking about his face, and we've sought his face this, you know, I, I just take my hat off to you guys. You have sought his face this weekend. You've given him the time. And even when you could just stop, you keep going in again. And I want to say today that there is a response from him. And this is one of them. And David says this in Psalm 73, verse 15 to 18. I want you to listen to this because I've, I've really felt this just for you as a church and for people even in this city. And this is the psalmist of God, the king and the greatest warrior. But he says this, if I had given in to the pain and spoken of what I was really feeling, it would have sounded like unfaithfulness to the next generation. Isn't that incredible? So he actually says, if I gave in to what I'm feeling right now and spoke it out, it would be unfaithful to the next generation. So do you see how the temptation was on him in his mind because of the war? Because of the circumstance. Are you getting this today? There was such a pressure in tribulation that he said, if I open my mouth and I gave in to that pain, and I know there are people in this room today that have experienced that. It's a mental, tribulation is mental pressure to the point where you shake your fist at God. And it is the opposite of a worshipful spirit. And he says here, if I'd given in to this, now the king is, saying this. So we can see that this can apply to all of us at some time. When I tried to understand it all, I just couldn't. And I've prayed this over South Africa at the moment. I can't understand it, but I know God is able. But it was too puzzling to me, too much of a riddle to me. But then one day I was brought into the sanctuaries of God, and in the light of glory, my distorted perspective vanished. Isn't that incredible? So he said, when I came into the sanctuary, my distorted perspective vanished. Anybody want their distorted perspective to vanish? This is, this is kingly. This is rulership. This is what God is offering us today in his gatherings together, that our distorted perspectives through the pressure of that dark area, it's just the tribulation, the things, as we come in together, he is, he is saying to you, I'm going to give you clarity. 
And if the king of that nation, who was so clear, could say, I can't open my mouth here because I'm going to sin, and it's going to affect the next generation. And I'm going to say to you today, those of you who've been in the church as pillars all your life, it's time to rise up and realize what you are saying through your life, what you are speaking through your life to the next generation, watching you and the principles of God to carry. And so I love this. He said, I understood. When I understood that the destiny of the wicked is near, they're the ones who are on a slippery path. God will suddenly let them slide off into destruction to be consumed with the terrors forever. So this is what we call, it's literally like a spiritual fog that David had. And as he came into the sanctuary, that thing vanished in the presence of God. And I speak that out over you today. And then um, Psalm 27, I'm just going to read the end of it. He said, he will lift me high on a rock out of reach from all my enemies who surround me. Do you hear that? High, this thing of height is so on my heart right now. Because he will, he said, I will lift you, he said, he will lift me high on a rock, out of reach from all my enemies who surround me, all my enemies who surround me, triumphant now, I will bring him my offerings of praise. Do you hear this again, over and over? This is not just something the 21st century does with worship stuff. This is ancient truth. These are ancient truths that David, he said, I will bring him my offerings of praise, Singing and shouting with ecstatic joy. This is the guy who set the model. And nothing has changed. Nothing can change. This is the king. He says, I shouted with ecstatic joy. Yes, I will sing praises to Yahweh. Hear my cry. Show me mercy. Send me the help I need. I heard your voice in my heart say, listen to this. Come seek my face. David said, I heard your voice say, come seek my face. My inner being responded, Yahweh, I'm seeking your face with all my heart. Simple. The king of an incredible nation, military power, wealth, farming, agriculture, all of it. He comes to this place and he says, I hear you saying, you know, in my, but notice the atmosphere here that it's coming out of. Praise, offerings of sacrifices of praise, singing, shouting with ecstatic joy. Sorry, guys, it's not just for the muses. You know, I'm just going to say it today because, you know, you just know too much in the Word. He set the pattern here. These are the things. He's, we, we should buck his works. We shout his works from generation to generation. We have to start to come back with a sound that will split the darkness so that that's the king's face. And, and with you today, saying, seek his face. Say the words. God, you said, seek my face. My inner being responds, Yahweh, I'm seeking your face with all my heart. Secondly, he's in the room. And I read this yesterday, but this is so powerful. Psalm 22, verse 3. Um, you are holy who dwells in the holy place where the praises of Israel are offered. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst would you say Mets today? Because I want you to get that. He says, I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the congregation while I praise you. So he is specifically saying here, you know, we know we have our daily discipleship walk. We can, you can sing in the shower. You can sing in the car. We do it all. But 
we, I, I want you to see something here that I believe is being established in this season as a strength to cities, that the gateway of God in church, in churches and congregations. I will declare your name, Jesus said in this messianic psalm, to my brethren. Now, this is a messianic psalm, Jesus on the cross. In the midst of the congregation, well, I praise you. That word there is halal. It means to boast, rave, be clamorously foolish, to celebrate, to lord, to shine. It's not a quiet word. Um, you remember they had that booze that they used to call, it's not a quiet drink. It's an Italian. It's not a, this is not a quiet word. And I want, you to see the, the, I want you to see the perspective here that it's, this is the word used on the cross. I, yet I will halal you. So 24 Global, there is, our personalities can't come under that spiritual fog. We have to shine. We have to offer our sacrifices of halal. And there's something in it. It's not a show-off thing. It is a breaking. It's you put on the garment of halal for the spirit of heaviness, hopelessness, and despair. He says, I'm going to give you an oil of joy for that and the beauty of healing. And I'm going to make you oaks of righteousness, planting of the Lord, and you will rebuild the ancient ruins. Do, you, do we want that? We have to go back to the things. We cannot skirt around the halal. It is, and even that cup of halal, that if you look at Jewish culture, there is a cup of halal, that final cup that God turns over and he fills. And you will never underestimate what praise does to Satan's kingdom. And you will never underestimate when he says, I've given you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, hopelessness, and despair. It says in the Amplified Classic that to... It, he's giving you that for a nation. He's saying, I'm going to rebuild ancient ruins. I'm going to go back to the garden, what was destroyed, and I'm going to bring it through in restoration. And part of this is putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, hopelessness, and despair. And that scripture is just amazing because he says, I will rebuild ancient ruins, and I will make you oaks of righteousness. I always, get, I always laugh a bit because being an Aussie and I hear oak, you know what I'm thinking in South Africa, you oaks, but anyway. So the Greek word for midst here, in the midst, is miso, which means right in the very center. We spoke about it yesterday. We were just talking about one of the translations. Derek says that he's, he's in it. He says, I'm in. It's not just I'm just visiting. I'm in it. So it's a new perspective for you, obviously, Jesus is in the midst of your marriage when you come into agreement, two or three. But we're talking one putting a thousand to flight, two putting 10,000. We're talking about a company of worshipers with power. Zephaniah 3.17, we're talking about the midst. The king is in the room. The Lord your God is in your midst, 24 global. A warrior who saves, he will rejoice over you with joy. Just throwing in some Hebrew there again, the word rejoice there is to spin around violently, just in case you thought Jesus doesn't do this, okay? I'm just, just saying, just saying, you know? Um, so the word is G-U-Y-L, it means to spin around violently. He says, I will rejoice over you with joy. And so I get, sometimes I get a bit frustrated because I think we think this is something from this century, but this is ancient ways of God. So when we get to God's great dance floor one day, you know, you just might as well get used to it now because I love that song Martin Smith wrote, or God's great dance floor, because it will be a celebration of victory. 
It says, he will be quiet in his love. Listen to this for those of you feeling a bit down today. Making no mention of your past sins. Isn't that beautiful? He loves you so much that it says he will quieten himself in his love over you and make no mention of your past sins. So if you're discouraged or you feel you've gone down too far, this is the God who's in our midst today. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. So he finishes it right there just in case I'm going to spin around you, quiet you with my love. That all of these emotions of God can happen in one service. And you begin to notice it. That's what I've loved this weekend. All of these emotions of Jesus in the midst. One minute you're running around just halaling and just scattering the enemy. Next minute you're quiet. He's quietening you with his love. And he's making no mention of your past sins or the past patterns that we've been under. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus, for that. Because got the t-shirt, thank you, God. Making no, He will rejoice over you. He seals it with shouts of joy. Matthew 18, this is for you as a church, 19 to 20, and they amplified. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together, 24 Global, about whatever, anything and everything they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. Powerful promise for the agreement in this community today. Wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers into, and it actually, the, the Greek here actually emphasizes in and into. So we're actually literally baptized into this as followers, into my name. We're into my name. There I am in the midst of them. There's another promise for you today. From your marriage, from the secret place of agreement to the corporate gathering where, where one can put a thousand, two can put two thousand. So that's in his name. And in, in Hebrews 2, he says this, and we went into this yesterday. I'll just keep, just go quickly over these scriptures. Hebrews 2 verse 8 to 9, if you're studying the word again in the Amplified. And Jesus says, I'm calling you my, I've made you, I have, he talks about the rank of angels and how he's brought us together with him and put everything in subjection under his feet. And he says, I'm putting everything in subjection to man. You know, we have to ask ourselves what we've done with that. Jesus says, I've put everything, I'm calling you my brothers, and I've put everything in subjection under your feet. And we have to ask ourselves, it's time for us to be accountable to that. And he says, we are able to see this. He says, for I, and he says, for he says, I will declare your, the Father's names to my brethren in the midst, here we have it again, in the central, in the centrality of him, in the middle of the worshiping congregation, I will sing hymns of praise. So not only is he saying, you're going to sing, he said, I will sing. And he says, I'm going to, you're my brethren. I've put everything in subjection under my feet, but I'm asking you to take this forward and let me sing over you in the congregation and declare the names of the Father. So whether it be Jehovah Shalom, Sidkenu, whatever it is, I am Rafa, I am your healer. I am Jireh, your provider, who's singing ahead of you. I am every, I am your banner right now, and I'm 
taking you to feast to the table that I prepared for you in the presence of your enemies. We have to get it. We are limiting the expression of Jesus in the midst of his people. We are limiting it by with, with not allowing that expression and to know that Jesus is singing in you, through you. When we sing these songs, that's why even the theology of our songs is so important because we're actually singing what God is saying, come to earth. Isn't that beautiful? It's coming out of our mouth. It's coming into the atmosphere. And Jesus is leading us with that. I choose to believe this is not a fairy tale. I am not going the rest of my life serving God all my life and not believing and asking him. You know, I was listening to the guy from uh, on a panel yesterday and the guy from um, just upper room, and he was just saying, we, we don't fully understand this, but we know God's been in the room. So we're asking him, how do we... Help us to work this out. Help us to learn. So I just say that to you. Ask him to do it. Ask him to do it in your family as you declare. Let him find out the names of the Father. If Jesus says, I'm going to do that in your midst, find out the names. Find out what's available to you in the kingdom city. I mean, hello. Find out the peace, the shalom, the, the provision the righteousness, the banner, everything that he is, he's made available to his city. And he's saying today, take it. And, you know, even in, second, in 1 Corinthians, it even says that the lost will recognize this. And we, it says if an unbeliever, an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, so don't even be scared of that. They're convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. This supernatural atmosphere... And we pray it over the Middle East, because this is happening already. You've got Muslims coming in, drawn into the presence. Their hearts are laid bare because of the presence of God in those things. And we have to lift our faith again as a church, that there are people out there who need to be born again. You know that? We've got to get out of our holy huddle and realize there are people who, if we just actually transmitted some glory through our eyes, through love, through gentleness through support and intercession would come. So it says, so they will fall down. This is the unbeliever. And worship God exclaiming, God is really among you. Isn't that powerful? God is really among you. So that's, and then finally, so that's the king in our midst. And I'm going to end with the king's rule. And, well, I'm not ending anything because he continues to rule and he continues. But so I want to talk about just some, I've got some A words here for you to write down and just check out your life. But the first is awakening and his presence. Often we come into the corporate worship feeling a sense of spiritual fog. Now, can we all be real about that today? Is there anybody you walk in, and I know because I'm a musician and a worship leader, I have to deal with myself often before I even bring in God's people. And I've always, God, I repent, I and, and often, you, in worship, you will feel the heat of the battle. And that's why we need to pray for our teams. Because you think every accusation of who is accuser of the brethren is coming at the front line. This is not working. This is not real. You're praising God. There is sickness. There is poverty. There is all of these things. And it's lies. So we come in, and it's like David said, I've got like a spiritual fog, but when, so we actually, our, the hard knocks, of re, hard knocks of real life can disorient us to the ultimate reality 
of what's truly important. And we need to hear that. We've got families, we've got kids, we've got businesses. And that's okay. These things during the week can actually disorient us to the kingdom, but that's why worship is so important. Because immediately, as David said, when I, and actually Martin Luther said this, at home in my own house, there's no warmth or vigor in me. But in the church, when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart and it breaks its way through. Amen. David said it, when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me to be so wearisome until I went to the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end. And I speak that over you today. Go easy on yourself. You might be feeling, and I've really carried this, I think for, well, it's for South Africa because we are. Like we, we're having to choose right now who to believe, aren't we? And uh, there is a special clarity coming in kingdom because of it. Because you face these things, rejoice in tribulation. As you come into the sanctuary, God's going to give you clarity that will cause you to rise above everything. Atmospheres. God wants to change atmospheres. We know, you know, when you come into a service, you might have come in here today and suddenly there is life. That's Jesus and the Mets changing atmospheres. But you need to cultivate that in your week. You know, have you had that? You know, you come in Sunday, you're it's just everything's clear. The joy is released, and you go out, and there might be a few words, you know, that can happen in family or just some issues, and suddenly you feel that deplete. We have to cultivate that with our words. We have to cultivate that with our unity. We have to cultivate the presence of God and protect it, nurture it in the everyday real life. Don't put a watch over my mouth that I do not sin against you. Carry the presence of God. That means no gossip or slander. It means no judgment where, you know, that is, it's all of these things that if you think about Jesus in the midst that he won't do. Jesus won't do. He is not that. And, and, and these are the things that nurture and protect atmospheres. Strife, prayerlessness, Robert, ingratitude robs it. Lack of devotion, lack of understanding of our priestly duty to minister him. It's not a once-off. It is a 24-hour service. And the real things of life, in marriage, in family, in business, in every decision, you are in the midst of us. Assurance. You know, the benefit of the corporate gathering, and I'm coming to a close, is a community dynamic, which means not only meeting our need for belonging and shared mission, but also it provides a catalyst that we are assured that across the nations, as we heard last night, God is doing something. So we're, we're better together. So we can be, you know, I don't even know many of you as a congregation, but I can arrive from Durban, and I can be part of this, and there is an assurance that we're serving the same God. And we heard those languages coming out last night, and he's moving across every nation. And we think, wow, God's saying the same thing to, you know, to you. Wowee, it's the Holy Spirit. And we're better together. So the corporate gathering brings us strength and assurance. Not only that we are better together as a family, but we're actually, there is a catalyst for all nations. And God needs that right now in the church to rise. Because we have to be aware of each other and pray for each other. As you've started to do, get on board. He wants to activate. It's, 
He wants the presence of God will give you more and more clarity on his holy plan for your life. And, and I'm saying this in my life. You know, you just, he doesn't wind down. God winds up in your life. Praise God, the older you get. You can see that hand, hey? He activates. And those of you who have done the years, there's more for you. You've got to be like Caleb. Give me that mountain. I'm not going out. Give me that mountain. There's more. It's more levels, more glories, more wisdom to be released. So he will confirm in you the will of God. He wants to advance the kingdom. It's an, the corporate worship is an indispensable part of our sanctification. Because, you know, and have you noticed you come into this atmosphere and you said, I shouldn't have said that last night. I shouldn't have done that. There is sanctification in the Word of God, and the presence of God. It's for upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. This is what the Scripture says. That's why it says don't neglect the gathering. Um, because, and it's transforming. We behold Jesus together. And you know, how many times has this, the Scriptures brought or the song sung or truth preached presses right into the point of your need? That's God designed. That's just not, let's just literally suck our thumbs about what we're going to preach today. That is God designed by leadership that wait on him to strengthen you. And that brings me to accepting another's leading. Sometimes we just have to, and, and you know, if you're in private worship, you can sing the songs you want, you can strum in C, G, and D, and you can just be your own leader. But when you come into the house and the city of God, there is government. And we actually... We actually have to be led by people, and it's part of our submission, and it's important. You know, I can submit. When I came into this house, I submitted to the leadership that God has put in, and it's easy for me because I understand authority. And, and so that has to be part. So there has to be a distinction between our private devotion and being led in what God is saying. That's why we don't want to miss out. You know, you don't want to miss out week to week what he's saying. So accepting another, and some people battle with that, and that could be because of hurt in church or because of theologies of different things, but let a fresh thing rise in you to submit yourself to the house. You find the house that you are committed to and submit to it. Get in. Servant leaders who preach, pray. Even, do you know that even when we sing songs, and I know they're doing here, we pray about that song. This might be a little point, but it's not. It confirms the preaching of the word, the giving. It's all designed to support you, Jesus support you. It's not just empty. It's accentuated joy is coming. That's another thing. Praise releases joy. He, the joy of the Lord is our what? Strength in this season. So it's not just the worship team who release joy. It's him in the, our midst. And finally, authority. I want to read this to you because I really feel that this is so important that we grow in authority. And I want to read from Daniel 10 as I close, 12 to 14. And I want, I want to, this is, I really believe, is a word for us as a nation, but for our lives. And remember, Daniel set himself to pray and to fast like we are doing together. And he said, the, remember, the angel of the Lord came to him and he said, do not be afraid, Daniel. And I want to speak this out over you as a church today and over you as individuals. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. Isn't that powerful? 
speak that over you as a church day. Since the first day, you set yourself to, and maybe things haven't changed right now, but he's coming and he's bringing the heavenly word. He says, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Now, I'll just throw in the fact that this is happening even in this day. You look about the prince of Persia. You look recently, it's what's being, you know, whether you look at the Middle East and what's being, you see activity, spiritual activity that God is dealing with. You know, you look at Israel, you look at the Egypt and Assyria and all of these countries in these end times. Learn about this because we see the prince of Persia, that demonic thing resisted what God was doing to send the answer for 21 days. And he said, then Michael, this stuff's like crazy. One of the chief princes came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. This is not a, you know, this is not Star Wars. This is spiritual life. And this was happening in the heavenlies. It's happening over the Middle East. It's happening over South Africa. And God needs us to remain consistent in our worship and our prayer. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. The vision concerns a time yet to come. And so even though Daniel was just a man like us, God spoke to him and he said, I heard your, he wasn't, he was a man there in Babylon and just like we find ourselves. But God dealt with these demon princes as this faithful man continued in worship and ministry to God. Isn't that powerful? And even though it took 21 days, and this is where the Daniel 21-day fast comes out because we see the clarity that comes, God shifted what needed to happen. And I think just by the way that even looking at the Prince of Persia, I heard a man of God say this is what was happening recently. You know, they did a global fast across the earth, 21 days for them, for Israel and the Middle East and the purposes of God. And they're firing missiles. You see that thing stirring up, but then quietened down by the intercession of a global church. You know, just incredible. Just the missiles fired, the uh, trouble within Israel, all of these things. But as the church rises to her purpose... God can do it. So stand on your feet with me. I'm going to pray that your eyes today are anointed with new salve, literally, to see God's purpose. Thank you for being so patient this morning. And, and I just thank God that he is going to release from this city. God, I thank you. We just... We align with what you said today. We're the city of God and the city of gold. Thank you that it's a city of excellence. It's a city of, of divine wealth. Not, Lord God, just our own accumulation of wealth and material things, but of gold, of just that which you prize and you find excellent. Lord, I speak out, Lord, over that which I've been carrying, just those in marketplace today who feel who see the accusations and the taunts of the enemy, even many of them for South Africa and the economy and just the crisis, the corruption. And God, we do, we, we find ourselves in this place where we think, how, how, how will you do it? 
And we stand on this, Lord, even with Daniel today. From the moment that we have set ourselves to seek you for the highest purpose of God, the redemptive purpose over South Africa, to be a rainbow nation of diversity, representing something that will be taken to the nations, something of diversity and unity, something where we are a breadbasket to many nations. We, we lock into that today, into that word, God. And I thank you that we will not be put off by the spiritual fog. We will not be put off by what we see as we reach up. And Lord God, we just, Jesus, what you said, I'm releasing this loud voice into the air and the atmosphere over, over Johannesburg saying, I have glorified you, but I am once again going to glorify myself through the body of Christ, through the body of Christ, that same God who died. And so today I thank you. I speak strength and the divine energy of God into this congregation, into the leadership. Father, I thank you that you release it right from the top and over like that beautiful oil. And so God, today as we we eat this word. We thank you, God. I just see you putting the stones in place. And I just want to take a moment and just ask the Holy Spirit to show you your attachment or not to this community today. Attached with ligaments of love. Attached with spiritual ligaments. If God put you in this place, be fully in today as a living stone. And, and to every argument that would say, what can I offer? What can I bring? Ask him in this atmosphere. Remember, as they ministered to God, these guys, as they ministered to him, he clearly spoke and said, this is the purpose I've appointed you to. Send them out to accomplish it. And it wasn't all just fivefold ministry. That was a live That church in Antioch was alive and flourishing, witnessing from house to house, meeting together, meeting in the temple, worshiping God from day to day, meeting together in homes, affecting a great move of God as Christ once. So Holy Spirit, I thank you today. I submit myself to you and the beauty of what you're doing in this house. And God, I thank you. I put my trust in your Authority, God, that you are releasing something deep today, something strong, something restorative. I pray especially today of people who have been hurt in the house of God, who would have any fear to go all the way, who, Lord God, have been disappointed or discouraged at what they see in man's ways. And I thank you that you heal that even within their souls today where they've looked at the church and think, is this really, let's just all meet in our houses and watch online. We just break that today when you're calling us to be one people. We know that happens sometimes. But God, you're looking at a corporate body. You're looking at a worshiping congregation to create pockets of your presence and glory within cities, within regions, to release heaven onto earth in simplicity, the kingdom of God, the beauty of God, the creative power of God in our everyday relationships, life, and what we do. And everybody said, amen. Thank you, guys.